Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Yellow Ribbon Podcast, sponsored by Brellis Recruitment. Now, we're only three games into the season, and we've only won one of those games, but there feels a bit of optimism around the place, Harley. Yeah, there does, actually. Um, You wouldn't think it from one winning three, that everybody's quite happy with where we are, but yeah, here I mean, we are. We're in this weird situation where we're happy. And I think probably the the main reason for that is the topic of today's pod, which is competition for places. Um, we're not really going to go and like recap the games because everyone knows what's happened in the last week. Um, but yeah, I think there's been three different lineups. And within that, there's there's been a lot of different players used, which we are both, well, I think you would be happy with that because it shows that Sadler's not just going to have his favourites. Um, and what I, what I particularly liked is the fact that players have um, game time on, a, on the, the league matches from a good performance midweek, which, again, great to see because I think we've had a, a couple of managers who had their favourites who would play regardless. Yeah, I think that kind of midweek fixture ended up being quite fortunate for us because it gave us a chance just to try out a few different players You know, because it was mainly the kind of the B team, if you want to call it that, that kind of started that game and it gave us a chance to kind of trial a few different people in different positions and see what was working and what wasn't. And I think Sadler's been able to learn from that and take it into the game against Stockport. Yeah, and, you know, I think for me, the, I mean, this is a completely different debate, but the the EFL trophy, uh, especially with the B team format or the under-21s, whatever the, the format is, I'm not a huge fan of it, but we're in it, we have to use it. And I think when it gets to those games, I think players will know that if they perform well on a Tuesday night in those games, it will give them the chance to potentially break into the squad, which uh, that's a different topic. But I think if Sadler keeps that up and almost says, look, if you're playing a cup game, but you perform well, you, you, there's no way that I can keep you out of the squad on a Saturday. Um, However, where we're going to start with our sort of debate of of the, the sort of competition for places is uh, someone who didn't play on Tuesday because they were serving a suspension. Um, but more generally, the strike force. Now, we've got three strikers off the mark already this season, which that's brilliant. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Obviously, DJ is our leading man but the partnership with draper in one competitive fixture that could be juicy couldn't it yeah definitely and um, i think that was what we needed against morecambe i thought we struggled a little bit up top i just thought that i don't think ote was quite doing the running that dj needed so i think that draper's got the legs on him to be able to do that to spring forward He's got that kind of pace and that kind of physicality to his game as well, where he can kind of bring the ball down and 
bring people into the game. So I think he's shown that he's a real asset to us. I mean, I said that I thought he was going to be the flop of the season and I'm already <laughs> worried about that prediction. Yeah, uh, didn't want to bring that up, you know, a few minutes into the first episode since that prediction. But uh, yeah, we'll, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that at the end of the season. For me, looking at the way that Draper plays and his sort of bullish kind of press and the way that he hassles defenders, I'm, I don't think he's necessarily going to bag a, I don't think he's going to get into double figures, but I'll happily be proven wrong. But what I think he's going to do is be a driving force to help DJ, which is not a bad thing at all. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, sometimes in the squad you need facilitators, some players who may not get the limelight, but they they make other players around them better. And I think that Draper can do that. He can be that kind of support role for DJ. I think he'll score goals, but I think that that looks like where it's going to be is, is him using his physicality to you know, get the ball down when it's you know, up in the air, use his pace and physicality to beat people and kind of bully defenders and basically try and put them on a plate for DJ. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not that concerned if he doesn't score that many. If he's in that role, really kind of doing doing the stuff that we don't want DJ to have to do. And I, I kind yeah. of got, I know we've only, I think it was just after the hour mark that that the two of them were, were taken off. But I kind of got a Knowles... Um, DJ vibe, but yeah, you've got DJ the the finisher, and then you've got the person alongside him that's going to almost sacrifice the goals, but be a real, really key player in the Walsall attack. Yeah, definitely, and um, I think that what's nice is that they seem to have a good balance. But I also think that Matt and Ote have a nice balance to them because I think that Ote and DJ are a little bit similar and I think you kind of need one or the other and I think you need one striker who's a little bit more of a presence in the box and I think Matt can do can do that for Ote in the same way that Draper can do it for DJ yeah I mean the uh, the reaction to that double substitution was a bit like huh <laughs> uh, but I mean Matt I think still has a, a long ways to go in convincing fans of especially a starting position in the squad. But Ote, goal and, and an assist, um, has shown that playing a little bit deeper can, it's got a very good pass on him. And I thought he took his, his goal really well yesterday. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's a good problem to have. I think that uh, having four strikers who are capable of scoring, yeah, maybe one of them is clear above the rest, but having that competition, you've got someone like Ote who kind of offers something very different. I mean, they're all quite different players. And I think Ote, he showed an improvement from the Morecambe game where I thought he kind of the game passed him by a little bit. This time, I think he was a little bit sharper and I thought that he got he got stuck in and he got himself a goal. One thing that 
has kind of impressed me is, and, and this is, it shouldn't because they are professional footballers, but that cross field pass has been seen for a couple of goals now. And it was the Draper cross, to, uh, cross pass, however you want to kind of label it to DJ was pinpoint to feet. And then the Ote ball across to Ram. Very similar kind of get it, get it across the defence, spread the defence, and then let almost the, the attacker do their thing. And it I don't know, it just it feels like there's a bit of a plan in place, dare I say. Oh, it's early days, but I, I agree with you. I think that that's definitely a pattern of play that we're looking into to try and stretch their defences and make the game as wide as possible and try and drag their players from one side of the pitch to the other to create those kind of pockets of space. I mean, it worked beautifully for the first goal because there was not a man within 10 yards of Danny Johnson. And I think at times that's really what we've lacked is someone who's able to put that final ball into DJ because he gets himself in the right places, but you need someone who's able to put it on a plate for him because he can do it. Once he's in the 18-yard box, he'll do the rest, but you've got to get him there. You've got to get the ball at his feet with space. And I think that's what Draper did really well was to just pick up his head, look where the space was and just put it into DJ's feet so he wasn't stretching for it. It wasn't behind him. It just made life easy for DJ. I know this uh, this this comment was made um, after Vital shared the uh, the goal, but the I think it was the Starport number thirty after DJ had scored, just looking around at the defence, arms open, being like, "What what are you doing?" But I think that's where for me Draper has to start alongside DJ as our at the moment starting duo because. That that reaction that you know Draper's forced an error, but then has also got the quality to capitalise on it. It'll start to get defences rattled and annoyed at one another, and especially if a player loses the ball and then concedes from it. And I don't think we've really had that in recent times, and it's quite nice that we've got that kind of bulldog that. Yeah, we'll just keep pressing, keep kind of roughing up defenders that then when the likes of Ote and Matt come on, it's a different force to be reckoned with. They're different players and a defence has to adapt after being pounded for an hour. Yeah? Do you like what I did there? Yeah. Are we going to get into the hole that you've been pounded? Do you want to uh, go there? Um, maybe at the end. I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a family podcast. Maybe, maybe we'll do it at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. And um, do you know, it? I might be a bit off the mark with this comparison, but I'd say that Draper kind of shares a lot of the same similarities as Adebayo. That kind of, the way he's built, he's quite tall, strong, He's got, but he's got the pace as well. He's got decent amount of kind of talent on the ball. You know, he gets at defences, causes them problems. He actually uses that physicality. And I think that's, if I was going to say over the last few years, I'd say that's who he's closest to in terms of like striker profile. 
complete side note, but it was quite strange building my fantasy football team having Adebayo as an option. Uh, sorry, just to, just as a side note there. Um, yeah, but I, now playing almost before, actually before we drop to attacking midfield, who your who's your combination to start the next couple of matches? I think it has to be DJ and Draper because I think those two, I think Ote and Matt and DJ and Draper, they are the right combinations for those players. And in a certain sense, it's a little bit like Andy Cole, Dwight York, Teddy Sheringham, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, where you've got like these kind of four strikers and the two of them, you have two pairs of strikers that just work well with each other. Those, those two are meant to work with their partners and I think it it does just fit on that then where does Douglas James Taylor fit now that's that's an interesting one isn't it because I don't think he really does but then I don't think he necessarily needs to I think he's just there to kind of if someone gets injured he's the next man but I think he's just more to come off the bench to help out rather than yeah you know, te- overtake one of them in the squad I think maybe if we are a couple of goals up and the subs are needed then that's when he might be better to bring on and I I don't want to say we bring him on for experience because he he did play a lot last season but again off the bench last season but there might be the the times where you go do we want to, if we're two goals up and cruising, do we want to bring on Matt, who is 36, 36? See? Is he? Have I, got, have I aged him up? You, you said that. I thought he was like 33 or something. I'm really sorry, Jammer, if uh, if I've added like three years on to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is 33. Jeez. Sorry, Jammer. Um, Where have you pulled well, that from? I don't know. I've no idea. Um, however, maybe you're thinking if, of like Andy Williams or something. Yeah. If if Jamil, if you are listening, um, I I apologise profusely about aging you up, and please do not hold it against me because there is only one winner in that fight, and I can tell you now it's not me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not getting I'm not getting involved with that either. I'll be I'll no. actually be on his side. Oh yeah, I, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. Um, yeah. Okay, well, side scratch that. Do we want to put <laughs> um, Matt on, and or do we want to kind of allow the younger striker a chance of maybe a twenty minutes, half an hour, where there's not that pressure to score, and there's a bit more uh, not freedom because two nils. Being a Walsall fan is a very dangerous scoreline. But maybe that bit more, a little bit more freedom and pressures off. Not we're not chasing a goal. Yeah, I think the one thing I would say is that he does offer a different profile to the other strikers because he's a little little bit more of a kind of a bulldog. Maybe slightly similar to Draper in that kind of sense, but he's he's just a pressed monster. James Taylor is. And I think that it depends what the game calls for. If it if it needs a bit more physicality, someone to get the ball down, you know, or flick it on, then it's you'd bring on Matt. If you need someone who's a little bit more silky, 
then you'd say no to if you need someone who's just going to run into brick walls and just keep pressing them then i think james taylor's your man i think the route it's horses for courses yeah and uh so now we will drop back further in the field and go to the attacking midfield option where there's a debate for sort of all three players i think after the first three games hutchinson i don't think considering he had a very good pre-season didn't really do a lot at Morecambe and I think kind of had one of those games where he does just you kind of forget he's actually there whereas he sort of started to grow into the game more second half against um, Stockport but then when you compare it to Tierney's performance midweek I don't know it just it's there's a real competition there in my opinion yeah, I think Hutch kind of, he's a little bit like that, though. He's a little bit patchy. And I think that, I don't necessarily think it's always his fault. I mean, definitely against Morecambe, we just weren't using the midfield really at all. The game was just passing them by. It was more just win the ball back and try and give it to someone else. And I just don't think he was really receiving the ball. I don't think he was had anyone to pass to, to be honest. So... It was a bit of a tricky one and a bit of a hard one to read for him, but I think that he'll, the more games he plays and the more we utilise that midfield and start to play through the thirds, that's when you see the best of him. And that, that'll that come with most attacking midfielders, particularly him though, that he needs to kind of be involved in everything that goes through the team. And if you start bypassing him, he's effectively a passenger. We all know that I uh, I really like Hutchinson but the, the the argument for starting Tierney to mix things up is a very strong argument I I thought he was very good against Blackburn um I I think well I think the goal and an assist considering I don't think he's really played a lot with the team um from memory in pre-season uh he was sort of a later signing if memory serves me correctly but I might be wrong on that um but he's he's a, a, a different option but could be sort of a player that can come in and other teams might not really expect it might be a little surprise I think yeah I mean I'd like to see a little bit more out of him well not out of him more from him I should say I'd like to see more of what he's about because we've only had it's it's hard to judge new players off three games because especially ones who come off the bench and stuff because it's limited viewing whereas we know exactly what Hutch can do we saw it all the last season so I think that it's hard to make an opinion but I would say that he's doing the right things at the moment to give himself a chance to compete but then I think that Mayer's not a million miles off competing for that spot either. I mean, he was a very well-taken goal against Blackburn. And he's he's always had ability. We, we, we know that. He's always been accused of being a bit lightweight. But at his young age, he's still 18. That's that's fine. You know, a lot of players are. I think there's, there's competition there. But I think that it's going to be a little while before we see a change. 
because I think that T and E and Mayer will need to prove themselves unequivocally to be starting ahead of Hutch, just because we we know how good he is. Even on his off days, you know, we know that his days when he is at it are so so good. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I think yesterday's Saturday as we yesterday as we're recording, Hutch's performance kind of keeps him in the the team, um, fitness wise. Uh, if obviously if he needs a, a rest or potentially um, Sadler wants to kind of keep things fresh in the early weeks, then that's a different story. But yeah, going going to Maya, I did think after his goal midweek, it was odd that he wasn't on the bench against Stockport. Yeah. And as we are recording, there's not really been any kind of reason as to why. My my thought there is obviously if he's if he's if it's fitness related, that's completely understandable we don't know that but if he's fit looking at the bench from yesterday do you have Matt James Taylor and Ote all on the bench or do you swap James Taylor for Mayer I think I'd probably be inclined to swap James Taylor for Mayer I mean it's complete speculation it could be a little bit of like he's tweaked his one of his muscles or something we we know that in the past he's had a few little indiscrepancies where someone like Flynn's just taking him out for a game just to make a point to him because he's you know he's that he's young he, and youngsters get up to things that they probably shouldn't and may, maybe it's that you know obviously we don't know but I think that we'll see we'll kind of learn in the coming days what the issue was as to why he wasn't there but I think that if he's if the manager's happy with him and he's fit, you put him on the bench without a question. I think that you'd probably sacrifice James Taylor for one for him because we've already got two strikers who are better than James Taylor on the bench. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the overriding topic of the episode, we've actually got, comp- I think, competition for places on the bench as well for a change. Yeah. Rather than just making up the numbers, which is which is very nice. Um so are you sticking with Hutch against Rex? Yeah. yeah. I think you've got to because he's just like I said, he's just we, we know how high his highs are. And I think you just put your faith in the fact that he'll produce those performances because he is a little bit patchy, but I think that his ceiling of performance is just better than the other two. I think that he, right now, he's more of a proven player. He's had a full season at it. I think they're still learning their craft a little bit, so I think you you trust him for now. Keeping sort of that midfield diamond of the two centre mids and one attacking mid, it it looks like Comley might be out for a while I don't know how long we haven't really had any um, sort of news on on an injury it's just rumoured that that's why he was missing out the squad which again I, I kind of I would have expected him to have been on the bench perhaps instead of a James Taylor if he was fit 
Um, but the midfield too. Now, we will discuss your favourite player, Joe Riley, in those two central midfield roles. But I, I, for me personally, would like to see that trio of Mackenzie and Stark behind Hutchinson continue. Because I think I really like Stark. And for me, McKenzie's growing into that role. And I think we we have to give him the game time to continue to grow in that role. However, I will let you discuss Joe Riley as a potential in that mix. Yeah. I've had I've had a lot of hate over my kind of um my love of Joe Riley the, the past week or so. I just think he's a, a very tidy player. And I think that also because from what I saw in the Morecambe game, I wasn't hugely impressed by McKenzie. That's not to say that I don't think he he can can't do the role because I've seen him do it and I know that he has ability. But sometimes I think that it lacks a little bit of something that midfield too because I think they're both kind of they do different things, but they're still kind of similar. And I think that. Joe Riley, he just has a little bit more nous as a player. He has a little bit more technical skill on the ball. He's can kind of pick out a pass and create from deep. Whereas I think that you kind of lack that. Sturk is Kinsella with potentially a little bit more ability and p- potential. Yeah, he just wraps around, wins the ball back. You know, will try and drive forward when he can, but it's all about kind of just getting the ball back. And then you've got McKenty, who's just a battering ram, who I think he's a little bit clumsy. But I think, like you said, I think he, you know, he, we need to play him to give him time to develop because I think there is something there. But he does, he does need that time. I think so. I think it's, I think it is a tricky one, and I think that I think Joe Riley absolutely has a right to say, I think I should be playing ahead of McKenty. But then I think McKenty has just as much right to say, I think I should be starting. I I have a couple of things with McKenzie. I I think he's a, a he's good in both boxes for set pieces, yeah. which yeah. is huge. Um, but he's obviously because he is a former centre back. I think we can call him a former centre back now. Yeah. The third role will be that central midfield, but he's got the He's got the height and the build of someone who is going to be very useful, both defending set pieces and attacking them, which is no bad thing, Uh, especially when we've got players who can put in a good set piece. Obviously, we we all know about Hussey's ability. Hutchinson's had some good deliveries, although can be a bit inconsistent. And I think Tierney looked like he was pretty good from a, a dead ball situation as well. The, the other thing that I quite like about McKenzie, and I know I know what you're saying about his um, clumsiness or potential, potentially less, I want to use your phrase, less tidy as a player. But I quite like, I think he can really develop to be that sort of driving midfielder that picks the ball up and 
and can really drive at defences or drive through the midfield with the ball. He's a strong player that if he can work on his dribbling a little bit and potentially just that little bit of technique, like he showed with the assist, actually, he kind of had players on him, managed to stay strong and then find the right pass. I think if he can really work on that to make it more consistent, he can be that sort of, yeah, that driving midfielder that is a bit different to Sturk, who who will win the ball back and then sort of find the pass to, to progress things. At times, that's not the right thing. At times, we want to see our midfield pushing up the pitch with the ball. And I think that's where McKenzie can potentially be a slight variation. Yeah, I think one of my things is at the moment, it, it's a little bit of a harsh criticism, but so McKenzie, he's he's built like a fridge, like he's just he's just big, <laughs> and he kind of and because he's a centre half, and I think he's been a centre half most of the time he's been a player, he kind of moves like that big bulky centre half. Yeah, and sometimes I just think that he kind of scripts what he's going to do in midfield, and I think he's a little bit easy to read. I think he needs to work on kind of just disguising his passes a little bit more and just, like you said, working on his dribbling and just being a little bit harder to read because he kind of, you kind of just know what he's going to do and he's kind of yeah. not so good in the tight areas. And that's really what he needs to work on and develop. Yeah, I yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I it, look, if Riley is putting at centre mid, I'm not going to be screaming, why are we not starting McKenzie? Because he's a good player. What I, and this might be slightly controversial, but bear with me. I don't think we should be, at the moment, yes, because Farkasson is injured. But once Farkasson is fit, we should not be playing McKenzie at centre-back for the pure reason of I want him to focus on that central midfield role. I would rather give the game time to Williams, who, you know, has shown that he's a capable defender. He, I think we've got to accept that there's going to be inconsistencies with Williams because of his age, because of the level he's played at and will be, and that is now playing at, and given the fact that he's played, what, two games of in this squad? Um, yeah. So, yeah, for me, to allow Williams to really hone in on that role, again, he's going to need game time, but I think everyone's going to give him that game time and kind of accept that there might be the odd mistake, there might be the odd bit that he could do better, but he's young and he's come from a team that's, you know, a few leagues below. I've really lost my trail of thought there. There we go. So McKenzie, yeah, for me, McKenzie needs to focus on that central midfield role. Williams needs to potentially start over him in a in a central defence role. But obviously with Farkasson, it's difficult because we only have, we don't have the options at centre-back. Yeah, I, th- I think I get what you're saying there. Um, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I, I agree with you that I think Farkasson, I think that he will come into the team and he'll start over Williams. But I think that we need to still give Williams game time to let him develop because he got absolutely slated against Morecambe and 
yeah, he was he was shaky, but it's early days. Yeah, he yeah. is going to be shaky. You know, you've got to you've got to let players make mistakes to get better, and it's going to be at the detriment to the team sometimes. But if we let him make mistakes and get better, and then let's say in six months' time, he's a world's away much better player for it, and come the end of the season, he's either as good or even better than some of the centrals that we have, then it's worth it. So we've got to let him we've got to let him make mistakes and keep his confidence high and just try and work those kinks out of him. Yeah, I mean it is worth noting that his he's his first spell of senior football was at um Alf Church where you know he played most of their season, did really well for them, but there is a there is a, a jump to make. Yeah. But I think he's generally handled himself well. Like you said, there's I think we've got to expect that there will be games like Morecambe. Um where he does struggle. What I think is good though is his work ethic seems to be there. His desire seems to be there, which fans will give him that time and as long as we start seeing improvements people are going to give him time yeah and it's it's very rare that a player with his amount of experience is a Rolls Royce from day one yeah he's got ability it's just it's just an experience and you can't replace experience with anything inexperience you can't replace inexperience anything other than experience you know yeah that's the only thing that's going to improve him in that respect. I think having Daniels alongside him as well is just going to be like, I mean, what a defender to have. Yeah, and I think Husley as well. With yeah, a lot of so I, meant, I meant kind of positionally right next to you, guiding yeah. you. Yeah, very true, very true. But I think like he's got some really good players to learn off there. Yeah, you know, he's got he's Parkinson, got Husley and Daniels who different stages in their careers but they're all experienced pros who are at the top end of quality in this league they're great people to learn off what's what's your thought on the fifth center back because i think we need one for the pure reason that i said about we need if mckenzie's going to be a center mid we need to keep him at center mid rather than at, the, at this stage in his career where, again, he's still, you know, he's not vastly experienced. What what type of player do you think we should get in? Because I don't know whether, like, Williams is our young development player. And are we going to get, like, a, a local player on loan who's young? Because to, to play ahead of Williams, to play behind, that's going to be a difficult deal to make by saying look they're going to be choice five in our centre-back list yeah I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure how we play it at the moment I think it's a case of we should bring in someone on loan who's local I think the important thing to remember is that yes they're choice five but there are three starting positions so it's a little bit better than if, say, he was choice five in a bat four. Yeah. You've got two people ahead of him. Yeah. 
Whereas... And to be fair, you look at the situation with Farkasson, if you have this player five, let's call them, centre-back five, they're on, they're on the bench already. Yeah, ex- exactly. So I think it's a case of you'd get someone in who's young from a, from a local club and you can you just say to them and the parent club, look, he might not play that much, but it's a good experience for him to be around a functioning batch day squad. Yeah, he'll get on the bench, he'll get minutes here and there, he'll learn how to be part of a team and the professional yeah. game at this level. Which I think that we spoke to Martin O'Connor and he said a lot of kind of young players are afraid of. And I think that's something they're going to have to learn to deal with. And I think that's what he kind of says to them, isn't it? He says, you know, you've got to learn to you know, be a part of these teams. You know, it's not like Pep Guardiola at Man City where the manager's going to give you so much time as a youngster. You know, you've got to kind of prove yourself early doors. So you've got to go out on loan and you've got to go and make something of yourself, even if that's just getting the experience of being part of the squad and playing when you can. I'd actually take a let, let's use O'Connor as a as an example. He he, I think it was clear from his his interview, absolutely loves the club. Um, I think if there's a player that he knows might be either ending their contract at the end of this season or in two seasons' time, but a deal could be done at the end of the season if they impress, like a Douglas James Taylor, where you know. A, was he out of contract over the summer? Or did yes. He technically... Oh, he was. Um, was where a player like that, where we go, okay, they might not be someone that we sign for now, as in to start 20, 25 games this season. But there's the potential that if you come in with the right attitude, perform well, train well, and there's that kind of scope that, right, they might be like 18, 19, a couple of years younger than Williams, but you you can almost, this is your chance to earn yourself a deal here for next season. And I, I do feel that Sadler's got those connections, especially in the Midlands where, you know, you can have these young players. You don't have to move them like we heard from Bennett, where, you know, I think that that is not a make or break situation, but that can play its part. Where if you're moving away from home the first time, you go, look, you can stay where you are. We can still get you back for training at, for example, Birmingham City. Yeah. We can still take a look at you, see how your development is, but you've got a chance that, you know, if things don't work out, you've got a local club that that will be interested in you. Yeah, Yeah, I I think that's exactly what um, James Taylor did, doesn't it? Because he still played um, the under-21 games for Stoke while he was with us. Yeah, I think if there's... Obviously, he was still training with them and he was still playing games for them. So he was doing everything he would normally. He was just being part of our kind of squad on a weekend. Yeah, I think... I cannot remember the, the midweekers that he played for sort of Stoke. Um, the, what, the under-21s and that. But, yeah, if almost... If we've got a week where we've not got that Tuesday fixture going right we're gonna get you back just just for a, a couple of training sessions and uh so yes i think that sort of deal like the, the james taylor deal would be ideal for center back for me because i think we're not going to get someone who's an experienced head in 
because where do they fit? And I also think, yeah, I also think that Sadler's going to want to develop these younger players, as he's shown, because with our right wing back situation now, uh, if you have a decent loan spell out, doesn't matter that the level, if you play well, you impress in pre-season and training, you're in. And I think there's a real debate to be had as to who should be our starting right wing back. Absolutely, there is. Now, I feel like you're waiting for me to advocate for Joe Riley, which I'm actually not going to. Oh, no, no, I, I was purely, purely excited to see you, you know, get on that hill and start proclaiming to the world why Joe Riley should play. See, this is this is the thing that I just like him as a footballer, and I thought that he did exactly what he needed to do against Morecambe. I thought he was one of our best creators. He put a lot of good crosses in. No one mentions it, but he saved us from an absolute certain goal. He made a last ditch tackle which was unreal. No one mentioned it. No, no one else was even aware of this player making this run, but he was there <laughs> and he, he got across and dealt with it. <laughs> So let's let's give him credit where credit's due first. You say no one else was, but you you were aware of it because you were watching Riley yeah. and going, yes. "What's he doing? What's he doing? Where's his position? Ah, yeah. uh, that's what he's doing." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I thought that I thought he was pretty good. I thought in terms of right wing back, he did he did the job perfectly. Yes, you know, could someone have done better? Maybe. Could Knowles have been a bit more electric? Could someone have been a little bit more defensive? Yeah, but I thought that called upon, he did what we needed. And I got a lot of hate for it, but I stand by what I said, that I thought he was good in that game. But anyway, that's just one, that's just the tangent I've gone on. Actually, Getting can I keep on to... Joe Riley for a minute before yeah. we then actually go on to the right wing back role? I yeah. think once Knowles is fit, it has to be a shootout between Knowles and Folks for right wing back. I think Riley has to be a centre mid. And you might spot my my theme here. I think we need, I like versatility. I think it's great. But I also think we are seeing players fit a role and predominantly be prepared for that role. And I think that is what we need at the moment. I think we've got, yeah. when when everyone's back fit, this is, I'd like to caveat by saying that. Once everyone is fit in this squad and we've got one, maybe two, although I, I don't know how many more we're really going to get in, in this squad, players need to stick to that position. Like I said, yeah. McKenzie needs to stay training, preparing, and when he plays, players are centre mid. Knowles, it's clear that he's going to be playing as a right wing back when he plays. He has to focus on that role. The same now with Riley. I know he's an experienced footballer in this division, but he needs to train and prepare to play a central midfield role rather than going, OK, well, he could play at right wing back. He could play here. He can even, I believe, cover at left wing back. He can play these yeah. variety of roles. No, I think we've got enough squad depth but players can focus on their specific role in this team. Sorry, that's a yeah. that's a rant over. But no, I agree right wing with back you. time. 
because actually I agree with you because his preferred position is centre mid. It's just that when he was at Carlisle and when he was with us, he had to cover a full back because that's where he was needed. So it's not even his preferred position. His preferred position is centre mid and that's where he needs to play. Yeah. So I, I think, like I said, we, we, it sounds as though with obviously both Farkasson and Knowles that they are, they're not long-term absentees like we've had previously, um, which is good. Very happy about that. I think we, yeah, we once they're back, that's the, the focus needs to be on our starting 11 and technically back up, say 11. We don't have a full backup 11, but the, the substitutes for each of those roles need to be focusing on that. Um, and I think the reason that I can say that, especially about Riley, is because folks has had a couple of really good games. And same with Williams, we're going, he's going to make mistakes. He is young, but he's shown that he can play at this level. Yeah, he had a really good loan spell with Kidderminster, yeah. which who is is no bad team. You know, I've always kind of maybe not had a soft spot, but I kind of I always, I like Kidderminster. I kind of always liked what they're about. I think Russell Penn is it their manager. Like I've always thought that they've been doing a good job over the last few years, and they've looked after him and they've developed him, and he's come back a really good player. But he's still young. He still needs time to develop his game and learn his craft. Uh, maybe the only thing that the only small issue he has is that he doesn't. It, right wing that's quite an odd role because you don't really have a lot of people you can learn off. You, know, you can kind yeah. of compare notes with Gordon and yeah, maybe Knowles and stuff, but it's a tr- it's a tricky one to. The only way he's going to develop is really just to play the game, just just to get minutes. Yeah. But I think that he potentially is one that maybe not this season, but next season he could be the starting right wing back for like forty six games, is it in a season something like yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, maybe, I, maybe not this season. But... I don't see him starting over thirty games, which no. however. You don't know because if he continues this sort of form and can keep improving, then you know we we've got a real player on our hands. Yeah. What I think is going to be interesting this season is once Knowles is back fit, you've got one that's more defensive minded, and that's not me saying that folks isn't particularly good going forward because I think he has got. A really good first touch. He's definitely fit enough to to get up and down the pitch. Uh, he's strong in a tackle. He's strong physically, sort of winning headers and defensively. And I think the the one example of the fact that again that cross field ball controlled it well, drove with the ball, cut across the tierney, finished really well shows. That is that is a full package of what he can do going forward. And it wasn't luck. It wasn't a miscontrolled or the, the defender fumbled. He did really well to get that, basically create that goal for, for Tierney. So I think he's got the elements that make both uh, the attacking wing back and the defensive wing back. Yeah, I just, I wonder whether 
in a game like, let's use the next example, Wrexham, who we all know this. I mean, I don't know if James McLean played at right wing back or whether he played, uh, sorry, right wing back, left wing for them or where he played. But who do you want going up against that type of player? Do you want Knowles, who's not as, as te- uh, not as defensively sound, but can, you know, mark him all game and run him, hopefully run an older player a bit ragged? Or do we go for the one that's slightly more defensive and and kind of say, look, you, you're going to need to sacrifice your attacking element of the game. And I think that's where there's going to be a real debate if folks can continue this to kind of go, right, we've got two different styles of right wing back. We can we can judge it based off the opposition. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that in that situation, I lean towards Knowles purely because I think that someone like McLean, he's been in the game long enough where he could outthink or kind of utilise folks he's inexperienced. So I think maybe when it comes to the more experienced players, you want someone with a bit more experience to kind of match up against them. Because I think that when you're young, you can fall for a lot of the tricks that your opposite number pulls on you. Because that's yeah. all just experience. Yeah, actually McLean played on the right-hand side. But that it, that's just an example of a, a player that we kind of, we all know. But I, I do think that it's going to be an interesting and a good thing for both players that they are slightly different because Knowles is going to have to keep hold of his place that potentially early in pre-season he wouldn't have been worrying about. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate for him because he's kind of, not that it's his fault in any way, but by getting injured, he's made a rod for his own back. Yeah. Because he's he's forced Sadler to have to do something, to have to put someone else there. And folks has stepped up and showed that although he's young and inexperienced, that he can he can do it and he can challenge. So I think it's definitely going to be an interesting one. And I think that Knowles, whether or not he's happy at right wing back, I mean, we can pretty much dispel those rumours about Plymouth and everything, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are teams that are look, looking at him and he's potentially looking at a move up the leagues because I think he's definitely good enough. So I think that he... There's a lot of pressure on him now to cement his position with us and potentially with a move away at some point. Yeah, he this is kind of getting make or break for him because now he's shown he can do it. He has to do it consistently and even go up a level. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right because if he kind of only plays half the games this season, that potential League One interest might dry up a bit. Which obviously would be good for us because we'd stand more chance of keeping hold of him. But equally, if we've got someone that's playing so well that League One clubs are interested, that's good for the squad. Well, good for the club because he's obviously performing well. Yeah. Um, Right. So we're going to have a look at some of our listener points about the first three games. So we put a tweet out yesterday kind of asking what what you've made from the start of the season. our Swedish saddler, par, I want to say it's par stenner. I always par, call it stenner. Yeah, if you could, if you could in some way, so that we we don't butcher your name, just 
let us know how it's said. That would be that'd be great. Um, but Paris said started off a bit shaky against Morecambe, but levelled up against Blackburn and made a good solid performance today against a good team. And I think that kind of is why we are a bit optimistic because Morecambe was shaky. I think that's a good word to describe it. Blackburn, we had a lot of players rotate. They had a lot of players rotate, but they're rotating from a good championship point of view, which I think I think everyone kind of went, you know what, we had a real good go at them. Um, yeah, good, good performance. Um, Robert Peets has said, definitely need someone in a right wing back role, which is interesting, Robert, considering our uh, conversation just. Uh, a lopsided uh, playing out through Gordon all the time. Draper looks a real find. Hutch still blowing hot and cold, but makings of a good partnership with Sturk. I think, yeah, I agree. I think I've got to say, Gordon, and this is a comment that I've seen a lot online, looks a very different player with a pre-season in him. Yeah, and one thing I will say is that, you know, Flynn, although it didn't work out for him, he put together a good squad, you know, and there were people who were injured. Riley was injured. You know, Matt was injured when he came in, and yeah, Gordon was injured. But and then losing earring as well. Yeah, earring Wilkinson, as well. But when a, yeah. when a lot of those players got up to full fitness, as we're starting to see, you can see why he bought them. And yeah, it didn't work out for him, but you see what he saw. I always remember the. Few the um it was Bolton wasn't it that Lee and Gordon came from yes. yeah it's Bolton a lot of the Bolton fans sort of wished him well said that when he's fit we've got a really good player on our hands I think towards the back end of last season I think the lack of a pre-season started to show with probably a little bit of fatigue but long may it continue Gordon um. <laughs> Eddie Atkins, solid. It's great to have attacking options on the bench. Totally agree. Uh, totally, totally agree. Um, and attacking options that can influence a game rather than just come on and be a striker, I think is quite good. Uh, Walsall on the road. It's been a decent, it's been decent, especially with a couple of injuries, bans for players. Uh, so some reshuffle needed in the first three games. Uh, we haven't been blown away in three games. Could have lost all three, but could have won all three as well. We have options at top, midfield and in defence, and we have some young players. I think that's a good assessment. We've got options, but different options. It's not all youngsters that yeah. have kind of had a good pre-season. It's a couple of players that have got quite a lot of league experience under their belt, a couple of young players, and I think the balance in the squad is is there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like the fact that um, we've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of everything coming from the bench at the moment. A little bit of everything in the team. You know, quite a youngish side, but we've got those kind of more experienced heads, and we've got a lot of players who are still relatively young who played a lot of games. And I think that's quite key to kind of the season we're going to have is having that kind of league experience to help guide the youngsters around. Them. Yeah. Uh, swift tweets, and we're gonna end uh, end our kind of thing. We'll do we'll do a, a what our lineup we'd want to play uh, 
a, a preferred start in 11 after this. But Swift Tweets has said, only problem is we struggle to get going in both league games early on. Agree with that. Refreshing to be asking for subs to be made in all sorts of positions and trusting the players we have on the bench. Two big players injured coming into the season and it doesn't feel like the standard has dropped. It's also I, I'm totally right with Knowles and Farkerson, who are two players that are starting 11 players. Doesn't feel like the standards dropped. And two players that we've not mentioned really throughout this is further down the line. We've got Earring and, well, yet to be seen how much of a part he'll play, but um, Menayese to come back. Yeah, so, I mean, that's good kind of competition that we can kind of evaluate them to and kind of see where they're at. I mean, even if it's a case just to move them on, you know, see if we can get a little bit of a fee for them or something, you know, there's still, there's more to come from this side, I think, that... It's just tweaking it now. And I think that the point about starting slow is yeah, it's, it's a really fair one. And I think it's something that we need to get over because it's it was a very much a, a Flynn characteristic of we started slow and kind of never really got into the game. And then we concede and then we kind of kick into gear or we'd get to the second get into the second half at nil nil and then we'd start to play i think that we need to sadly need to figure out a way to get us playing from the off and sustain that ability yeah. i was going to say sustain sustain it until the final whistle because two late yeah. league goals again have... and yeah and then it's an issue at the other end then isn't it yeah um i mean stockport were, were bombarding for most of the game but they were bombarding at the end to get back into it which I, I kind of get but two we've conceded three league goals and two of them have been after the 90th minute yeah which is and I think it's yeah it's just a case of switching off I think for Morecambe it was it was that weird set piece where they made three changes on their set piece in the 94th minute and the the free kick wasn't even from particularly close. It was from near the halfway line, but it was just swung in and we kind of switched off and gave, I think it was Rawson or whatever his name is. I just remember him being quite tall and bald. Um, he was, um, <laughs> yeah, he had a bite the cherry and I think Evan saved it, but it went onto the bar and then just fell straight back to him. And we just, we shouldn't have let that happen. We should have been more switched on. And I think, kind of the same thing the Stockport one where it's just I've seen it happen a few times even last season just when it's that stage of the game just boot the ball out just get yeah, it as far away from the goal as we can yeah. because I think Hutch had a great chance to kind of boot it upfield and he kind of miskicked it a bit and it just kind of like dithered a bit in into kind of in our own half and it gave them the chance to put the ball back in is if you get the opportunity, take your time and just lump it into their half as far as you can away. So to, to wrap up this competition for places pod, who are your starting 11 based off of the first three games? I feel like we're going to be quite similar here. I, I think so as well. I mean, let's just run it through together. I think goalkeeper... 
Evans. Yeah, Evans. Yeah. I think your centre back three, I think, is going to be Daniels, Williams, and Hussey. Yeah, I when he's fit, I would like to see Farkson start and go for Williams. Yeah, absolutely, but absolutely. But for, for Wrexham. Yeah, for Wrexham, I just think having a player that's not played and isn't potentially uh, Matt Sharp, considering the talent they've got in the forward areas, that could be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I think that wing-backs, I think we're saying it's going to be Gordon and it's going to be folks. Yes, but I, yeah, I mean, I I would like to see Noel starting in that right wing-back role because of the energy that he'd bring, but yeah. for the exact same reason, Farkerson. I think he, he, if he's fit, will be on the bench. Yeah. I think midfield too, I think probably stick with McKenzie and Sturk. It's tried and tested. I don't think you want to take any risks again. You don't want Riley in there? No, because I just, I don't want to take any risks against Wrexham because if we're going to beat Wrexham at some point this season, this is the chance. And I think we just need to go with what we know. I think that Riley's potentially a better midfielder than both of them, but I also don't think that he's played enough in that position this season to warrant him starting over those two. Yeah. Are we basically saying it's the same starting eleven from the Stockport game? Yeah, I think it's yeah. Hutch in that attacking midfield role and then Draper and DJ. Yeah. I yeah, think I think we've Yeah, I think me and Draper... you both probably agree on that. Draper, Sadler touched on it post-match that they're almost working up to 90 minutes from him because he's obviously then missed the first couple of games. Yeah. So, but I think even if you get the an hour out of him, I'd rather do that than bring him on. I'd yeah. rather set the, the tone rather than get him on as a potential to chase or try and change it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well. That was bearing in mind that their whole episode has been about competition for places. We, we're going into our next game with the same style. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think but my, my, my overriding thing is we have we have the options off the bench that we're not going, oh man, what what are we gonna what where's our chain game changes in this? Where's our players to potentially shore up a side or where's the players that could come on and nip that winning goal for us it's I think we've got them yeah yeah I think I think that we've got we've we've got enough in the first team that we don't have to worry too much and I think that we've just what we've got on the bench at the moment is people who just are there to prove themselves and I think it's a good it's a good place to be yeah right and on that I think we are we are all wrapped up. It's a an unrelenting schedule, uh, considering we are we've got a game, well four games, five games in two weeks, whatever it is, is uh, is a lot. But yeah, I think the fact that we've got these these options, it's quite a nice position to be in. And the fact that uh, a week Tuesday we've got the under 21's game against Brighton will be another opportunity for players who maybe have missed out on the match day squads to stake a claim. 
Absolutely. Right, Harley, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listened, shared and continues to support. And we will be back in a couple of weeks' time. Let's hope for a win. I think we're both going to be at the Wrexham game, so uh, yeah, we'll be active on the uh, the socials with our thoughts, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye.